Previously on AFTN. Canada have drawn the US and Cuba. Yeah. So the first thing we need to do is have a pool as to how many Cubans defect when they, they come up here. <laughs> that, that actually so seven. Sure. I'm going with seven. That's what. So I want. Let's Cuba. see how many join the I want, caps. I want Cuba to play in BC. Yeah. <laughs> in the BC place. Can have Greg, a- Greg Anderson and Bob Lerner <laughs> behind the wheel <laughs> waiting at the BC place. Have the engine running. Driving off into the distance. Throw cigars at them. Tempt them in. They the, the the good cigars come from where they're from, so you giving them cigars is probably not. <laughs> ah. They shouldn't smoke for. anyway if they're professional footballers. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show on 101.9 FM CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. And this is one of my favourite times up here at the University. It's nearly time for the students to go home. <laughs> we'll have to place ourselves over the summer. I, th- I like that. I thought we, we, you like exam time? <laughs> like- oh, no. Well, I like that for them. Keeps them busy off the streets. <laughs> no no more concerts? No more concerts. <laughs> we, were, we were here early tonight. It was amazing. <laughs> I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 335. It was WrestleMania tonight. In celebration of that, we're doing the show in our pants and tights. We'll be getting sweaty and throwing each other around. I'm looking forward to it. Also, in honour of WrestleMania, this show will be 14 hours long. And for those who are not aware, uh, when he says pants, he means underwear. Yes. What do we want to do? Do we want to talk about the white caps or do we want to talk about wrestling? Uh, I'm happy for you guys let's, to share let's with, have you a with vote. wrestling. <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a vote. <laughs> anyway. Let's kick things off by talking about the Whitecaps and the LA Galaxy. The star-studded Galaxy came to town. Another week, another loss, another home game with no goals. It's been a tough first five games. There's some positives. We're not Portland. That's a big positive, I think, but... It has been tough. It's been a, a rough ride for Marty Santos in his first head coaching job in MLS. This game kind of summed up so much that it was two different Whitecaps teams we saw out there. First half. Probably the best half of football we've seen from the team this season. Yeah, close to it, especially in an attacking way. Yeah. Second half. 
Dreadful. Switched off, not at the races at all. The, se- the second half at one point, I, I said to my friends in Curve Collective, I said, don't worry that the ball... The balls in the other half so much they're just waiting to surprise to surprise us when they they come down here and score. That would have been a surprise. That would have been. <laughs> no, I mean the way they played in the first half, I was very optimistic going into the second half. They, they played some lovely football. They stifled LA's attack. Daniel Henry had Latin, maybe not in his pocket, but he he did well to handle him, and it was all Whitecaps. But well. We'll go through our usual thing of the goals, the good, the bad, the ugly, but we have to start with how the match started. A with, penalty in the yeah. first minute. Last Bangura goes down in the box. And it wasn't a penalty. I not at all. It was a soft call. Yeah. You was you felt like MLS or Pro had said to the right referee. Right there, good, bad, ugly. Good call for the white caps. Bad call. <laughs> Overall, for the refs, ugly yeah. an ugly finish. The fact that they reviewed it on VAR and still didn't see that it was clear and obvious. Yeah, it was the makeup call we were maybe looking for. You could look at it that way. You feel like, but there was we, we'll, there was contact on the player, wasn't there, or none at all? I didn't see any. It was I not good enough to be a penalty. Any. It might be if if. If MLS is doing that as a makeup call, then you have to question uh, MLS or yeah. Pro that that's embarrassing. Yes. Well, speaking of embarrassing, speaking of embarrassing, we couldn't take advantage of it. Whether it was a makeup call or not, it was definitely a penalty given. We couldn't take advantage of it, and you can probably guess. Do you know what that made me? Worst penalty I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> At least live. I'm racking my brains to try and think of too many worse ones that well, I've seen well, on TV. Well, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Simeon Jackson yeah, <laughs> ragged like, on him endlessly. Yeah, it was similar. No, Simeon Jackson's was slightly better, and it was fucking dreadful. Well, actually, yeah, because it, yeah, because it would have crossed the line. It, it <laughs> yes, this one didn't even make the goal line. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. I wonder if he actually tried it on the turf beforehand. Like that po- that's possible. Maybe because the, you looked like the turf gave him problems. But people were mm. saying that he was trying penalties in, in the day before and he was just booting them into the top corner and hadn't done hadn't even tried it on the grass the day before. If anyone watched the FA Cup semifinal today, Watford, 92nd minute, 2-1 down in the semifinal, Troy Deeney gets the penalty. Did he try a Penenka? No, he fucking rifled it right into the back of the net as any normal person would do on a penalty yeah. when you want to get ahead in a game. Mark Santos afterwards said about his disappointment, he said, I was disappointed. He was way too confident. He apologised to everyone. Immediately when he came yeah, to the dressing room. You around. only take that penalty, he said, if the game doesn't have much meaning. It's tough on the guys. It felt like we'd lost the game at half time. And that's how it, it felt when they came out in the second well, half. If, if it has no meaning or you're up, like three nothing or something like that, or four nothing. Yeah. Then you take that kind of penalty. Yeah. He, I mean, he knew it. Like I think, I think he generally oh, yeah. felt bad. He, but where, what the fuck went through his head? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I th- I, That's confidence beyond confidence. Well, I've, I've heard some people say like, "Hey, because this is first in the league, you got to figure the keeper's gonna go to one side." Yeah. I want people to remember me. He said. <laughs> I, I was wondering, is, does Latin affect? 
Maybe because maybe yes. he saw his Latin do it last yeah. week and he wanted to do no, it. Do everything's it Latin can well, do. Well, Pozuela and then Zlatan yeah. last yeah. week. Now, right. obviously, hindsight is also a great thing. Was it right for him to even take it? You've got RDS, a forward yeah. who wants a bit of confidence. Get that early. Maybe he would have put away the chance he had later. Felipe takes good kicks. Would probably have scored. Well, he, Felipe was. Um, he wanted to dis- take it last. Yeah, week. he was discussing with Ardes at the, the, yeah. the Seattle game about. Uh, you could see he wanted it really badly. But this one, uh, when the penalty was called, Adnan, you could see him make a beeline to the ball. Well, it, it was a straight. It seemed predetermined, he, right? Like, yeah. Pre-determined that he I mean, Adnan seems to be one of our set piece takers now because they switched him to corners. Right. Because the week before they were not great. Because the corners oh. were. <laughs> but, were I so in principle, I, I know some people are talking about uh, have an issue or raised the issue positionally. Why would you let a left back? And you even raised it a moment ago, Michael. I personally have no problem. I don't care what position you are if you're a special. Like, oh yeah, if they, you can take a penalty. Yeah, take, like remember Ronald Koeman for yeah. Holland and Barcelona and I. East Fife's goalkeeper in the mid eighties took our penalties, scored them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Miss one. Hans Jörg Butt. Do you know? Remember him? The German goal. my butt. <laughs> Hans Jörg Butt. Do you remember him? The goal scoring uh, keeper from no. Germany. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Jose Luis Chilever from Chile. Remember him? The uh, Colombian guy. Anyway. I just feel like um, Zach's making up names no. right now. <laughs> Jose Luis Chilever. Hans on butt. Hang, Hans York butt. My butt's great, thanks. I had a curry earlier, so it might not be so good tomorrow, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Do you want to know what really makes me angry and what pisses me off the most? Tell us. And it, part of it's Adnan, but part of it is just modern-day footballers who think, you know what? I'm not going to take a normal penalty. I want to make the highlight reels by taking penenkas and doing all this stupid shit. Just hit the fucking ball in the net. And that's why I'm an angry bastard. He wants to kick Chris Charles round the balls. He wants to kick Kevin Keegan round his hole. He wants to scream and shout and catch his face. He wants to drink and forget the human race. I'm an angry bastard and I like it. Don't. I think we need some new furniture in the studio. <laughs> Maybe should not have had my dirty chai on the way here. Oh. Which is not as exciting as the name signs. You know where the it's not as good as a dirty tie as I had in that You know where the panenka comes from, right? Yeah, some wanker who thought, I'm going to show off and do a little chip. Yeah, but you know what happened, right? You, like, you know the story? No. I forget the year. I guess he scored. I, I think it was uh, the 76 Euro, uh, European Cup. He was checked, right? Yeah, no, Czech yeah, player. Czech, Czech, yeah, Czechoslovakia back in the day. Yeah, Czechoslovakia. And they were playing uh, Germany, and I think it was the final, if my memory serves correct, and Uli Hunis had missed a penalty for Germany, and I think the Penenka won it for them. And that's in a shootout? What, or a shootout, yeah, oh. it was a shootout. And that was, so it was Germany was going trying to be like Euro, World Cup, Euro winners, and they they lost that. Did How's Your Butt make it the penalty? Hans Jörg Butt was not, no, he's Hans later, much later. later. Okay. Yeah. I was at a provincial B Cup Preliminary round match on Saturday. Zlatan on Friday. Preliminary <laughs> B-Cup matches on, on the Saturday. It went to a penalty shootout. There were some dreadful penalties in that. Any it went eight or nine rounds. Any no, no one tried that. But every single penalty, as dreadful as they were, was better than that Paninka. <laughs> yeah, you, these, you'd rather... These are guys that were lawyers because it was Mundi Avocat. You'd rather have them... Miss sail the ball over the bar yeah. instead of that. That's it's, and you wouldn't even if you'd done that, you wouldn't even made the highlight reels as like uh, because like, yeah. he, he it was sent all over the world, the twi- Twitter oh, everywhere, yeah. UK everywhere. What I like to think is Ali is a super nice guy, 
he knew it wasn't a penalty. And oh. it's like, you know what? I can, I, in my heart of hearts, I cannot score from this penalty. So he was so, he was gutted. Two things. One, well, the boos that rang around the stadium. Yeah, that, after that, that, that well, was immediate. That was telling. Right. No, but he, like... Yeah, so he was gutted. He said the stuff he said to them at halftime or at the end of the game or both or whatever. But he also... He, when leaving the pitch, he didn't stop and talk to too many of his adoring Iraqi fans that have been coming to games, which has been oh. great. And also, I saw him after when we were cleaning up, and he was leaving the stadium, and yeah, he was not in a good mood. No. I mean, Understandably yeah. not in a good mood. It was a disgrace. What, but what, so uh, were the goals and the defending. Yeah, but one thing about it, just one last thing about Ali, he, he did actually have a decent game after the penalty. He was true. pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was one of my highlights, actually, and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we said last week, I'd still love to have him here. As long as he doesn't do that anymore. We'll get to the goals bit now. Second half, it w- we had an initial spurt for like the first minute. We had a chance. Ardiez was nearly in on goal. Yeah. Then it was all LA. They just dominated. Zlatan missed a sitter. The one that oh, Max, the second Maxine, half, right? Yes. Yeah. When Maxine made the... Don't forget the, yeah. but don't forget the end-to-end play, too, in the first half. Uh, when uh, our, um, Adnan blocked it at, at uh, the edge of our box, the White Caps box, and then made it all the way, and then Huang took it basically uh, up the pitch. He didn't get a great shot on goal, oh, but yeah, yeah. but that was a yeah. fantastic end because it we involved a lot of players down the left half, side. And yeah. as DeSantis said afterwards, yeah. when you have that amount of chances, you expect to at least have a goal or two out of it. But instead, it was LA that were clinical. Yeah. And like Zatan missed that sitter. Then he was called offside for a goal that was not offside. I watched it back this morning. That was, He was not offside. No. Where, no. Was, where was VAR then? Or was the whistle went before VAR? They reviewed VAR, I think. Or because it had gone in the back of the net. Because afterwards, as we'll hear, like we've got Zlatan talking in yeah. part two. He was talking about VAR. And I was like, where's he getting this from? I think and then, that was an offside goal. He was, yeah, he, he was he even. He was onside. Because even after the uh, they had said, uh, the, you know, there's going to be a goal kick or, or the offside kick, uh, whatever it was, um, he stood there. Yes. Long time in front of that in front of that ball, making sure it wasn't being kicked off. Yeah. So he can have a chance to call he it down. He was confident that. Because he said he should have had a hat trick. Oh, so maybe more VAR help for. Possibly. Or they just were like, ah, it's too tight. It wasn't clear and obvious. I paused it on my PVR and it was clear and obvious to me that he's definitely behind the defender. But you you don't have the, the, maybe the, all the replays they had. Possibly. Or no. I don't. I don't want you. Oh, well, I like Jake Nowitzki was down off screen I, I, once. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's I what only I'm not had sure. the one thing. Yeah. And he looked on side in that, so oh, okay. I, I had a gun with that. Okay. But then we got to the the first goal. A lot of blame to go around for this one. And a big bulk of it was Jake Nerwinski. Hmm. Why was he in the left-back position, is your first question. Leaving the right-back position empty for Daniel Steris to be completely unmarked to head home. He looked like Jordan Harvey there. <laughs> well, you <laughs> also had the, back post you had the two giveaways as well for the goal. Because right. you had Godoy that tried to, to no, not give a grace, but poor clearances. Godoy tried to clear it, but at least he hit it towards Jake. So then you expect Jake to just turn around and boot it away, but then no, he gave the ball away. Yeah. And then it all he he's then forced to chase it down. There's been fingers pointed maybe at the central defenders for not doing not that one. Well, I've seen a couple of folks. Really? No, they should have picked up stairs. No. Well, well someone sh- needed to yeah. track him back and it see sh- that he was clearly a yeah, mark. It, sh- it was either Venudo. Yeah. 
or it was whoever was the central midfielder, maybe Arise, it, maybe or, Arise yeah. or or one of the other two. Again, it falls down to the Martins. midfield not doing the jobs because Godoy and Henry had picked their guys or, up. And some maybe some poor communication or lack of communication. Yeah. Because yeah, because he's wide open. So I've heard lots of people being like, "Oh, this is a great cross, great cross." I'm like, "Yeah, the cross, the cross is fine, but when you have, if no you have a guy, yeah, yeah. If you have a guy wide open, it's yeah." Now the thing was, Jake was marking his Latin, right? Yeah. At that point, it's even Jake's fault on that part because he shouldn't yeah. have let the cross come in. He yeah. l- gave him way too much space. Double uh, whammy. Oh yeah. So he he left his spot and he gave too much space and bizarrely out of position because you had Jake. Then you had Adnan inside yeah. him, and then the two centre-backs. So, I mean, that was just weird. If you're going to do that, I guess you would expect possibly Henry to drop back, but Adnan hadn't picked the guys up either. But so. I think Henry was on the left side. He played the left so side of the block. Yeah. Second goal, though, and again, a lot of people were pointing fingers at the centre-backs for that. I watched, and I didn't really see that they did anything wrong. Now, afterwards, MDS said only Ibra... He said, I need to rewatch it, to be fair to him. He said, only Ibra could finish a chance like that. No. 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 Any decent striker should be able to chest, chest that ball volley. down and yeah. volley. That's what you're taught. Now, That's if, it wasn't, if it wasn't Ibra, maybe it wasn't, would not have been as powerful. But yeah. still, it, yeah, it was not. You'd expect your striker to do it that. It was not a... He always celebrates his goals like they're the greatest thing ever. But that was... That, it, it wasn't a bad... Yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a bad goal, but it... It, yeah, you would. I would expect a striker to smash it in from that close, being that that open. Again, was it a mix-up? Because he, what he, I mean, he, I mean, he's what? an experienced footballer. He drifted off mm-hmm. into space, and it looked like as I drift away from the microphone, <laughs> and uh, uh, so it looked like they they were only covering uh, over covering one guy, the two of them, Godoy and and Danielle. Yeah, they kind of. From what from what people in the press box, there was two or three people that said it was Godoy. Yeah, all the way. One one person. Uh, I don't. Th- said like, it was I watched it a couple of times today. And I just I find it hard to to find fault in that because they had a guy, and it's like they, it was just the bounces. Just he was there. he took he took the ball well off yeah. his chest. And Godoy turns him. just as it's chested, so there's not you're turning, so it's hard to kind of do anything. Brings us to the good, the bad, and the ugly from the game now. The good. First half performance, we took the game to LA. So that was positive. We showed some nice quick passes. There was nice movement. Great crossfield balls to, to Wong. Godoy sent a few beauties into him. I, th- I thought the movement and the passing was great. So the one thing that I've heard some people, I've heard a number of people talk about is that as far as poor as the results and the, the points in the table are and all that kind of stuff, the one thing that uh, people maybe are okay with or cease to see glimmers of hope in is is what you saw in the first half in terms of yeah kind of what things could could look like but it's it feels like it's missing a bit of creativity yeah and i mean the finish and the, fi- the, yeah. the finish well, is the big thing that like they it seems like they don't they don't know where the other person's supposed to be they haven't made that connection yet yeah. and that's what it seems like whenever they move up there's always a point where one guy thinks that guy should be there, but he's not there, and then the pass goes somewhere else. Well, they've literally played gets 10, intercepted. Yeah. They've played 10 games and not even all together. So. No, yeah. yeah it, it does feel like something's missing. Yeah. It's like the queen wants to be the king, but she's just missing some balls, and this yeah. team is missing some balls, especially final ones. Now, another good aspect, Daniel Henry. First half, as I said, I thought he dealt 
Wealthy, bro, and that's two good defensive games in a row. I talked to him after the game. He was not happy. He um, he got a sh- he got Ibra's shirt. Actually yeah, I saw, I saw that, he, yeah. And you said he earned it after the game. I too. think he did earn it. Um, he I, nearly had it in the I first think, half of him. And the thing is, I think the Galaxy actually tried to get uh, Zlatan away from Henry too. That's why he was sometimes wide on the box. And even I don't think he was anywhere near him on the second goal. I don't think Henry was anywhere close to him, right? Uh, it was mostly Godoy. And it was on Godoy's Shane. side, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they, they were they were moving him away from Henry because yeah. they saw that Henry was able to negate what he was trying to do. Yeah. I mean, for me, the two best white caps were Adnan and Wong. I, I thought they put in a, a good shift, penalty aside, and then, obviously and for then, Ali. And then Henry? Or? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Henry did well. Now, moving on to the bad. We talked last week. I wanted my detective partner, Joaquin Ardiez, to, to get a start. He got a start. He didn't impress. He had a few flashes. And I've got to say, I was at training on Thursday. He looked poor. Sean Melvin was saving all the shots that he hit, apart from the ones that he hit flying over the bar. <laughs> and he was saying stuff in Spanish, which when I was getting the translation from someone that could speak Spanish, Ardiaz was not happy. Yeah. I Understandably. Thought, That's okay. I, I missed this, but apparently on oh, the radio, yeah. Yeah. DeSantos had said uh, Ardiaz is, is lazy in training. So I thought, oh, that's okay. He's getting all these fluffs out. He'll be good in the game. He, he, said, he said he's super talented, but he can get lazy at times. Yeah. That's what they need to get out of him. So he's like, yeah. very effective all the time. Again, I thought his movement was good, yeah. but his finishing is woeful. Yeah, he had right that one now. chance at the beginning, yeah. right, like almost right after the penalty, yeah. soon after. It was, had a I mean, it's a good save by Bingham, but still... Yeah, for me, his touch and control kind of has improved because the first couple games, I was, I thought it was. Yeah, really I think he's po- getting used to the really poor. A bit, but. but like what you saw in the Seattle game, and then a little bit in this game as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, now a you, lot of people is going to be. You surprised. need more. You need more from your center forward. Oh, definitely. Montero being dropped, as well as Reina, but Montero being dropped was probably the big surprise. Skeleto said afterwards he was asked. That, that, was there any surprises? And it's like, no, not really. Well, maybe Montero being on the bench. Now, Mark said that Montero needed a mental break because he'd had a long preseason. And he said, I know the coach in Portugal. He's going to have worked him hard. He is tired. We said he needed a break. He did look like he needed a break. This was not, for me, the game to give him the break. This trip coming up to Chicago, the long flight, yeah. an Eastern Conference team, that's the game to give him the break. Uh, I don't know that Vancouver's in a play. Other than the fact that the player has been playing a long season, I don't know if Vancouver's really in a place to leave home a player like that for that road trip to Chicago because you got to think, even though Chicago had a good result uh, on, on Saturday, uh, that uh, well, at least have him on the he, bench, still make him maybe make the trip, but right. don't star no, him in that. No, one. but I think, I think the, the thing is, you can't. Like you're you're saying in the ideal way, but maybe he actually needed the break this week. Maybe it wasn't even a choice. Yeah. He, and and maybe he just needed to be. And if you think of it, then they play. Uh, they could play Montero in Chicago. They come back. RDS plays uh, here, and then they go back to Orlando. And then you get Montero for two of the three games. Because if you play him on uh, uh, today, you might not be able to play uh, in next week again. His uh, I, I think his family might have just arrived too, because I know I'd heard I've been told earlier that his family. W- wouldn't be here or settling for like about a month or so. So, I Freddy's. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think his family was at the, this game. I just, uh, so I think they now they're now. Uh, we settled, got to see the two of them up front 
towards the end yes. of the game. Yeah. Nothing that was fantastic from that, but early days. And if we're talking about finishing, it's just it's not really there from anyone in the team right now. I also think it's unfair to judge a strike partnership that you're not starting the game. Oh, with, no, yeah, you're, right. Like, it's, and, you're, and you're chasing the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But just in general, though, the finishing just isn't there. And like S- Steve mentioned about Wong's weak shot that he had, Venuto again had nice flashes but had no finish. Bagura yeah. against the guy that gets the start and wasn't good, and the guy that comes off the bench is the better of those two. He had crosses Concerning. that looked like shots and shots that looked like crosses. Yeah, I know, because there was one of them that I was like, oh, that cross. And Steve's like, I think that was meant to be a shot. And then we saw the replay. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, finishing the segment off with the ugly, kind of on a similar note, really, but we've been shut out now in back-to-back games. Back-to-back, back-to-back home, home games. games yeah. Yeah. When's Only the last time that happened? <laughs> it's been a while. If, no, I don't know. It was like last year. I don't know. We've only scored one goal all season that from hasn't the, been from yeah. a set piece of one goal from open play. And it is hard to see where these goals are coming from. Do we need to, to make a move before the summer window? I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to wait, but I think there will be moves in the summer window. For yeah, sure. I mean, there definitely is. They're, they're looking at bringing in a DP. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the position or who it is, but we've been told they're looking to bring in a DP, which you expect would be a forward attacking. Yeah, well, minimum a DP, but uh, they need to bring other players too for sure. I think we need another striker in the camp. I I agree. I think we need another winger. I think that's going to be productive. I think they could even right back. I think they could even if they depending on who they uh, move on as well, possibly in the summer. Uh, they wouldn't. They would do well to get a, maybe a number ten as well. Yeah. So then I think uh, that who Yoho Wang might be the DP. Erase a Wang and a number ten, yeah. uh, a pure number ten would be really do you, good. Do you think Jordy's going to go finally? Because I, I mean, we talked so. all off season that we. Yeah. I, I well, think the fact I that think he, he was dropped again. Yeah, two straight games. And you've got no excuse of international travel for this one. And to be fair, he hasn't been performing. And yeah. it's, I think it's right to have dropped it. Uh, they. I mean, this has been virtually the problem of the whole MLS era for Vancouver. Is they need a dynamic uh, central attacking midfielder, a uh, true number ten, and to to get someone that's good in that position, you it costs a significant amount of money. So it yeah. will be. Will they be willing to invest that the type of money that it will take to get that player here and, and well, the we have salary? The Fonzie cash and mm. six months interest on it. Yeah, but the, it's not. It's not burning a, a hole in their pocket. Obviously, Look, they've got their six month like deal that they had in the bank, so they've got all that interest. So that twenty two million. I know it was only thirteen initially, but it's now worth twenty two. All right. Well, well, well don't get, forget Nick you know, got, Nick He the, scored a goal. Did they get nine million now? The extra night was that the bonus? No, he scores a goal. It's only be one goal. Dang it! Mm. You lose it then if he gets injured after. <laughs> but that is our thoughts on the White Cats' loss to LA. We'll be back hearing some thoughts from both head coaches after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. <laughs>
the Rizillos. Somebody's going to get their head kicked in tonight. Our new Artists of the Month. Yay! Now, the Rizillos are a punk band from Edinburgh, Scotland, with a female lead singer, Faye Fife. I've mentioned her on the show before. That wasn't her singing That's there. not her real name, no. That wasn't, was that that, her that wasn't her name. Yeah, I figured. Um, she's called Faye Fife because she's Faye Fife. That is from the 1978 album, Can't Stand the Rizillos. Now, believe it or not, that song, Somebody's Gonna Get Their Head Kicked In Tonight, is another band's B-side from 1969. A famous band. Can you guess of a big band in the 70s that would maybe... You wouldn't expect to have a hit or a song called Somebody's Gonna Get Their Head Kicked In Tonight. Rolling Stone? Fleetwood Mac. Oh. I know, it's bizarre. But I also think that's a nice nod to Football Violence Awareness Month, which is April, and you'll hear more of that in Wavelength in Part 5. Of course, it's Football Violence Awareness Season if you're in Scotland, because there's just been a big spate of incidents. Somebody threw a coconut on the pitch in the Hibs Heart Derby after Hibs scored, and today one of the Rangers players got hit by a lighter when he was taking a throw-in. And as he holds it up to the referee... Oh, you see all these other missiles coming down towards him as well, which I'm not laughing or condemning. <clears throat> he plays for Rangers. Who hasn't wanted to throw something, apart from at Scotty Arfield, who hit a hat-trick today, I've got to say. But anyway, you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. So the Rosillos will be our Artist of the Month for April, but we're getting into some more Whitecaps chat in this part, and we're actually going to kick things off... With some thoughts from both head coaches, we're going to hear first from L.A. Skeleto and then from MDS. We deserve to win the game, the game in the second half, the first half. We played little bad, we couldn't manage the ball, but uh, I like in the second half where we get the ball, we, uh, we manage the ball and we play his field, the Vancouver field. I like that, I think uh, we, we were working during the, the week for that and we could to do in the second half. Do you think if the Whitecaps had scored the penalty, do you think it would have changed the game? Sure. Sure, because maybe it may us to go a little more ahead, but it was two in the first minute, so I don't know, but for, uh, I think maybe yes. What do you put the slow, slower start for your team down to? Is it just with Vancouver pressing so much? I think we make a, mis- a lot of mistakes in the first minute. Uh, Sometimes when we that we had to kick out the ball, we tried to do something different to play in some place where uh, had a lot of players and make a mistake, give the possibility to them for to score a penalty for one on one with the Bingham. So, but during the first half we we went uh, getting better, but no, not like I want. In the second half, we play really good. With the, we manage the ball. We make a lot of touches, good moving, 
uh, even when we get the goal, you could see the, the Galaxy is getting better than Vancouver and manage the game. So the first half, I think we came in very, very well. Uh, it's probably uh, the best first half that we had uh, this season. Um, and a little bit in the same type of rhythm uh, from, C from the game against Seattle. And we kept carrying. And um, of course, that when we have a penalty, a uh, big opportunity at minute one, um, and we don't score. It feels like uh, it puts ourselves down because we, we we're thinking, can we get a break, right? Uh, and then Ardaiz has another big chance. Inbiom um, has another good chance. Uh, and then it's 0-0. And the more it's 0-0, uh, the more instability it could create if the opponent has uh, a little bit of spells in possession and, and have a player that can make a big difference. Um, so then I think it kind of balanced. There was moments in the second half, Galaxy uh, moments us. Um, but of course, that goal, um, the 1-0, really was tough on us mentally because we felt that we, we put ourselves in that situation. So shut out and back-to-back -back games now and three times total, and you guys only scored one goal from open play. Yeah. What do you think your team can do better to get more goals and get more offense, especially in front of the home fans as well? No, not especially only uh, in front of the home fans. For the team everywhere, right? I think that uh, um, we need to focus on our quality in the last third because in the first half, we have enough chances to be up. Uh, and then you could be up one or two zero, you're not, and then the game turns. So I can't tell you what uh, exactly uh, we, we, we need to do when, we're, when we have a penalty shot or we have the situation with Ardais alone with the goalkeeper. It's a great chance, a great save. Uh, in those moments in the last third, we need to have more quality. Uh, but one of the things we did well in the first half that we didn't do as well in the second half is uh, our possession in the first half. In big parts of the game was good. We were able to push our team high to originate chances. Um, it needs to start getting in. The gaffers there talking about the, the game. And just talking about a couple of things that they mentioned. First of all, Skelotto. He feels if the White Cats had scored that penalty, it would have changed the game. Definitely. You have to feel it, it would yeah. have because LA's then chasing the game. How how big a factor was that miss? Massive. Did they I, still have the quality, though? That I, I, th I think it would have had a massive effect because, first of all, it, um, it, it takes... It takes like a, saps the energy out of the players. Totally, you got the fans booing right away. Mm -hmm. That kind of affects the players a little bit, and then it, it kind of puts. It, luckily, it didn't hurt them in the first half, but it kind of put them more uh, aggressive, which it might be. It might have been a good thing too, but they were really pushing forward. Like Adnan was really going after everything. Yeah, that, yeah uh, he, immediately he was after, like, like the first five after minutes that. after that, he was like everywhere. 
But that that, that doesn't. Yeah, he scored. I think you also would have been motiv- motivated to keep. The, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah, I think it's it, it, it was the turning point of the game in, in some some senses. If you if you combine that with the other mischance, twenty five minutes in or whatever, like yeah, they they, they could have they should have been in the lead. Yeah. yeah, even Wong's chance hit that better, and, and just the confidence I think that would have given oh, them. Yeah, and it, it, that and first that, that the, win, like beating an, a team yeah. with Ibra there and all the has all the fuss about him the confidence that gives that team moving forward as well and it takes the confidence away from a galaxy if that penalty goes in too yeah because they're they're defending as we saw at parts of the game and it's as we've seen, the, seen <laughs> this season and last season well Felcher sucks ass uh, <laughs> they, they have not been good defensively let's just put it that way yeah now I didn't put this in from, from Mark's thing, but one thing that Mark said after the game was that the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, they were flat, and he doesn't really know why. And it was strange, but... Be- I, th- I think you mentioned that uh, that he felt like they, they were up, ready to go in the locker room before they came out for that second half. That's why he doesn't understand mm. why. He felt like they were ready to go, and, th- and that's why. Was it I just think it was that LA the- just... Up there, I think so. I think, they, I think so. Because uh, I don't think you have the Bingham audio. No. Uh, but Bingham mentioned that they took the ball away and they held on to possession, and that might yeah. have. Uh, they had to, long spells of possession. Yeah, in the, the second, second half. half. Yeah, so I think that really that, that really took maybe their energy away, uh, the, white, the Whitecaps, what they were feeling going into the second half. Now, the Whitecaps certainly have some issues just now. MDS, he was getting some loud abuse from a few fans after the match, which a lot of folk won't have missed, but. When, when we, we were, were underneath waiting. Yeah. waiting for the players to come in, there was a couple of guys. Like, obviously, MDS wasn't around. They were, like, dropping F-bombs and, like, eh, fuck you, DeSantos, and all this kind of stuff. And, like, there's all but, the LA folk around kind of looking, and it was really loud. But it's they're drunk fans. Yeah. At the end of 90 minutes, you're going to expect a couple of guys to be doing that every game. Yeah. I, sorry, I was this in the press box, or this was... No. no. Okay. <laughs> it was, like, the folk that were, like, above the tunnel. Yeah, J.J. Adams had too many drinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know what he's like. <laughs> Lovely guy. He's great. Yeah, like. he's yes. great. Yeah. One of our favorites. Friend of the show. Listen to his show. It's good. Not as good as us, but it's good. <laughs> but uh, like, what what do you think DeSantis is feeling just now? Is it frustration? Is it a bit of confidence that things are coming together? Is he feeling under pressure? He feels like a guy that wouldn't be affected by uh, uh, external external stuff like fans or whatever. I think he's he's got his own like tunnel vision. He's probably. Well, like a horse with those blinders on where he doesn't see anything going on around him. He just wants to look forward. I don't think MDS came into Vancouver blindly. I think he knew the size of the task and he knew the limitations uh, that, were, that were coming in. And he, you've heard him talk about how he, he came in wanting to take on the challenge that's here. I don't think he is the kind of person who will be super phased by this in a in – a, in a in a negative way, I think he just recognizes that yeah they're they're not where they need they're not where they're not where they need to be and the hard work has to continue and so I think he'll he'll keep working at it. Yeah, I I got a tweet from a guy Alva at ALE six eighty nine. He says I have a question. Usually when the season starts like this, rumblings start that the coach will be sacked. How long will management stand behind the decision to appoint MDS and stay with him if things continue? And I, I replied to Alva, and basically, th- this season, no one's going to say this, 
that it's, this season is a write-off and if we get to the playoffs, it's a bonus, but it's a rebuilding year. Like, MDS's job is not under any threat at all. I would not think, as For- long as you see some progression, not just on the pitch, but in the off-the-field stuff that they're looking for. Also, uh, he's been given a multi-year contract. Yeah. And yeah. no offense to the owners, but they're cheap. And uh, I don't see them, as, uh, like, unless he did something um, that would be cause for an investigation or something like that, I don't see him getting fired or anything like that. Um <clears throat> So I, I don't see it happening at all. There's uh, no way. No, I'll, zero chance. Even though I've used the word myself in the past, Steve, I'll disagree with the term cheap. Um, but uh, I don't disagree with the sentiment that, that you're they're sharing. They're frugal. Uh, yeah, maybe. They still be calling Freddy Freddy. They're cost conscious. Um, but oh, I like that one. <laughs> but no, yeah, that that's fair. Cost conscious. Um, but yeah, there's there. I cannot I cannot see this ownership group. Um, I'm guessing continue to pay Carl Robinson <laughs> and MDS yeah. and a new coach. Well, um, the thing is, I, I, I just I just want to say yeah. no offense to the owners, but I like doing that. I, I, I know no there's one one point from the first five games, and on paper it doesn't look good, but we haven't been that far away. We've been robbed in two matches of points because of crap penalty decisions, robbed possibly of points in this because of a crap penalty taken. Things are coming together. And we've seen... I know it's easy to say this, that, yeah, we've seen it before. Seattle, bad start. Portland, bad start. They make runs. They make the playoffs. We are already quite seven points off the playoff places. Yeah, I think we need to stop talking about that because those uh, clubs' approaches are very different than Vancouver. They brought in significant players. Now, Vancouver's talking about bringing someone in, but until they actually do that... I don't think you can make that comparison. I've seen some people reference that, Michael. I've seen some people push back against it because it's not a legitimate comparison because their approaches are not the same. And unless that changes this season or things go on, you can't compare the, the, hey, have a bad start, it's fine, you can win the MLS Cup. I don't think you you can do that in Vancouver. I'll also say... Atlanta's hoping you can. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but they but they have money to do stuff, yes, and they've yeah. been willing to spend crazy, you know, in MLS terms, crazy money to do that. Yeah. But talking of managers, that might get sacked. Yeah, they. I don't see. I don't see. Um, I, th- I agree with you guys in the sense that it I, it, it, it seems uh, almost impossible that MDS would uh, could be sacked in this in this season. However, I, I wouldn't say there's no scenario under which it could happen if things kind of continue on this very flat trajectory. Then you could see something happen, but it would it would take a, like a, an abysmal campaign oh, yeah. for that to happen. I, it's a new direction. You One like thing, you like those, yeah. Different times. I like different times. Part of that new direction, though, is meant to be that MDS is going to be signed all these homegrowns, play Canadian talent, play these guys. Now we haven't seen minutes. For these guys, yes, some of them's been away over in England for the last couple of weeks, but at some point, do we get to see these guys? Or by not getting the points on the board, does the pressure mount that you can't throw these guys in at this point? Well, I think the uh, my my feeling is they want to establish the the initial starting lineup and then kind of bleed these guys in, like one at a time or something like that. I don't see the, the big vamping of all young players all at once. I don't see that happening. This has been the same under all the MLS coaches. 
uh, in my perception, from my from my they all they've all said that they want to do this, but then either the pressures of getting results, and or the lack of the the young Canadian players yeah. pu- pushing to to break through, uh, not being where not being at the level they should be or whatever has prevented that from happening. Now this is er- very early days, so we'll yeah. see what happens. My question for you two is this: What players? Do you see that are young Canadian players that should be playing that aren't? I, I would have said Norman, but now he's yeah, hurt. Well, no, so yes. he's the one. Yeah. That's and the, then, for me, that's Sli- the one Simon too. Coline showed flashes in that last game of the season. Yeah, that, but that was the last game of the season where we don't know how uh, in, in the, the opposition yeah. was in there as well. That, that, yeah, I, If we can't put the ball in it, it's like Theo Bayer is worth a shot. It's like can't be much worse than anything else. But the big thing that was... From Friday, it was the Zlatan show. Whether you wanted to admit it or not, on and off the pitch, it was all about Zlatan. And he was a quality guy. He went around the pitch for a good 10, 15 minutes afterwards signing folks' autographs, signed the guy's shirt that ran on the pitch. And he comes across a lot as maybe a bit of an arrogant jerk. And there is an arrogance to a lot of the best people are arrogant. He was charming afterwards. We got a chance to, to speak to him with some others. Let's play you that now. So is, is that another city conquered for you? Nah, was a was a good game. Fantastic atmosphere. Thanks to all the people that came out, and hopefully they enjoyed the game. And uh, it was a good game for us also, especially second half. And, uh, and we keep winning, keep bringing the confidence with us. So it was a good day today. It was a slow first half, but what was said at half time that made you come out so strong in the second I mean, half? we needed to do more, absolutely more. It was not enough. And uh, I mean, if he scores the penalty, it can be a different game also. They get an early penalty. Second half, we came out stronger and uh, we were more confident, more stable in our game, playing more like we normally have been playing these last games. And uh, I had a good chance where the goalkeeper gave it to me surprisingly and I missed, which I shouldn't have missed. Then I scored another one, was offside. And then we have this thing with Devar. I mean, if the referee doesn't mistake, it can happen. We all do mistakes. But if you do a mistake by seeing the replay on a video, it cannot happen. Then it has no sense to have VAR. Then close down the VAR and we just continue like we did before. So that mistake cannot happen. Then I score, uh, then we did score with the with stairs and then I scored the second one. So lucky that happened. Tell me. Zlatan, you had a pitch invader pay you a visit there. What happened there? No, nothing. He came in, he wanted an autograph, I signed for him, and I said, go out before they start to run after you. So he went, I think he went out. I didn't follow up. But at least he got my autograph, signature. Do you think were they uh, marking you any different in the second half? No, I think they, they, they were doing good first half, or we were doing bad. But they were trying. They were trying to play around, and, and I think they gave... 200% in the first half because they looked tired in the second half and uh, and we took over more and more and we let them run more and more but I don't think it changed the, the way they were marking me. 
The only thing is we were more dominant and I got more space and more chances, obviously. Do you think maybe that when, when they're having some success against you defensively, do you think maybe they get a little bit lazy and that gives you more opportunity? So far it didn't happen, so I don't know. You've taken a lot of penalties in your time, you've had some Penenka penalties. When it goes great, it, it, you look fantastic. When it doesn't go great, it's like tonight. Then it looks like it looked like today. <laughs> Yeah, that's that things can happen. I felt sorry for the guy. Even if I was happy that he missed, so don't misunderstand me. But when it happens, it happens. Guys. A lot this of people is... uh, complain about the turf and uh, what it does to their bodies. You played the full ninety. Did, it, uh, did you feel anything, or was it fine completely? I mean, I'm against turf also. Turf. I mean, football was built up on normal grass, and turf is coming more and more. So. I'm totally against the turf, but I said I would come and play, and this turf was better than the other ones I've been playing on, in MLS, let's say. So, I mean, we had a good day today, and to give an excuse for the, for the turf, I don't like to do that, because when we play, we play, so, but I'm totally against turf. I think that's the easy way to save money for the owners. So that's on the front four. I've been fun to play with this year. What's it like for you being up there and getting all the service and you know enjoying playing as well as scoring goals? It's very good, fantastic. Because without the service of them, I'm not able to do what I'm doing. So we just have to keep going, connect more, and, uh, and I just have to be sharp in front of the goal. And today I should have had three goals. One was stolen. One I did. The other one was sloppy, too sloppy. How important is it for you to grow the game in North America? I think. Of course, football is the biggest sport in the world. In, in Global-wise, you don't have a bigger sport and should be big everywhere. And I'm happy to help. I'm happy to be part of the progress. And uh, I think the fans, they were enjoying tonight. Amazing atmosphere, fantastic stadium. So this is where you come and you play in front of the big crowd. And that is what I like. Hopefully it can continue and be even bigger. Zlatan, how long will the Zlatan show continue to play in MLS? You're 37 now. As long as I perform. My age, don't worry about my age. <laughs> you should worry about the opponent. Did you consider not playing today because of the turf? No, no, no. I said I would come. I was, I had three weeks where I couldn't play because of my different injury, because of my Achilles, but no. It would not stop me. I promised to come and, and I saw the fans coming, so it was, it was nice. It was amazing. Thank you guys. All good so much. Thank you. Safe travels. Zlatan Ibrahimovic there. He honestly was charming. And I was, wasn't was expecting it. He posed for lots of photos with folk after, yeah. folk were there with their kids. And well, well the, the, one of the people that were there was uh, a favorite hockey player of mine when oh, I was yes. younger. I got to meet him. I, I was actually more excited to meet him, Ray Ferraro. Uh, and he was, he was really nice. Zlatan talked there about the fans and the reception that he got, and he did get a good reception. And Felipe was one of the White Cats players that wasn't overly happy at halftime. At halftime, <laughs> not even at the end of the game. Fans in the stadium cheering for his Latin said it was sad 
that the home fans were cheering for an opposition but player. But I think he misunderstood. First of all, I don't know how... Like, I know there were definitely people that were cheering for him because that's... Uh, you could see the jerseys yeah. that were there. Well, you also Those, you not, saw a guy in a white cap shirt holding up an Ibrahimovic shirt cheering when he scored. And I'm like, how can you wear a white cap shirt and cheer for the guy that's just scored against your team? See, but that, that I don't like. But there were people there that will probably never come back. Like I guarantee you, the yeah. guy that invaded the, guys the pitch that were in front of us as well. No, the guy that invaded the pitch. Oh, he won't be back. He won't be yeah. back. Uh, but His lifetime ban. I don't think no. he cares either because he got to beat the Latin. Uh, when you have an icon play like that, it's like it's, you, you never get to watch the White Caps again. It's like thank you very much. You've let me off very, very nicely here. When you have an iconic player like that, you can't you can't expect people to just turn off years of fandom that they've had watching these. Oh, guys I know. Play. I mean, when so Johnny Russell hard. comes, I'll be squeeing like a little girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. I think uh, I I Felipe made the comments or whatever. I, I I think it's it's fair. I know some people have been like, "Well, Felipe, you and your teammates need to get your stuff together and, and whatever." But here's here's the, I guess my bigger frustration is again the, you got to step back and you got to look at the overall picture. The, I know I know many people like to call this an expansion season for a re-expansion season for Vancouver. But this is what year eight or nine? I've lost track now. And MLS, nine? yeah, nine year, ninth year in MLS, and they have failed to capture like a bigger, a bigger yeah. segment of the of the football soccer loving yeah. community. That, in that was a lot of the comments I got when I tweeted that out. Lots of folk were like, "Well, maybe give us something to cheer about." It's yeah. nine years with last, anything to cheer about or get behind. Last year, when Alfonso Davies was doing his stuff, nobody was cheering for the opponent players at all. No. And I don't know. They, they might they, have they, if, if a player like Zlatan came, but yeah, like Lampard, yeah, I, I, Alfonso is the one, Alfonso is like probably the one player. I mean, you had little pockets, right? You had like yeah. maybe some Scottish people were here to see Kenny Miller or yeah. Bayrock or whatever. But like on a grand so scale, probably Fonzie is the is the biggest the biggest example. And the problem that you have with that is not the problem isn't moving him on because yeah. I think that was the right move. Yeah. The problem is you you they haven't done anything to, to replace him in any way, shape, As or of form. Yet. I think their I think their response would be, oh, we brought in Inbom Huang, uh, Huang, sorry, and uh, they uh, but. I don't think the players are com- comparable. No, for the, for their the w- the way they play, right? Like, yeah, and like I'm not saying don't appreciate Latin. Yeah, like before the match, yeah, fine, give him a cheer after the match. Yeah, cheer the match. if you can get something signed by him, fantastic. Get that on eBay, get some money in your pocket. Well, it, no, but, but the thing is, I don't feel like anybody until the goal was scored. I don't even really feel like anybody was really cheering for him. I feel like people there were was, ooing. They were like the ooing and booing, apparently. Yeah, they were well. booing too, yeah. but there was a lot of ooing and awing when he did something, and that's yeah. kind of different than cheering for the guy. There were there was just they were just impressed with what he did. On the let, pitch. Let's be honest. If you're looking at players in the world game today, Messi, Ronaldo, Ibrahimovic are probably your top three guys that folk around the Neymar. world. Neymar, yeah, Neymar's probably up there. I still think he's. I know, I know wanker. what you think. Of we'll be talking about Brazilian wankers and Portuguese wankers and stuff later <laughs> on. Um, yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, like, probably what I said about his goal and his goal celebration earlier is that. It, I think it's I think it's okay and I'm like so when he scored the 500 goal his career against Toronto last year which is that ridiculous like spin around whatever 
yeah, I think virtually the whole stadium yeah. in Toronto stood up or, or applauded or whatever. So, sometimes an opposing player is going to score a goal yeah. where you just or, have to stand there and go, you know. Or they or they have an overall well performance, like a hat trick or something that yeah. you're like, okay. You see it even in, in like, you see it in the big leagues in, yeah. in Europe. You see that happen. But to me, this the, the nothing he did was that on that level no. In, no. in the match. No. And, so. the, and the other thing is with uh, Vancouver, they're not used to big stars like this coming to Vancouver. No, they're usually used fair. to skipping. Actually, so no, that is not true because... Mr. Whitecaps did some digging. I had this in my article that was on Thursday night or Friday morning. There hasn't actually been that. A, did he a Drogba? Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. And Number of years. two that didn't come. Steven Gerrard didn't come, but he was injured. Yeah. Kaka didn't come, but Steven he was Gerard injured was as well. Injured. Well, no, because he's Beckham, missed, they've missed. Beckham him. picked up a yellow, yellow card, card late in the yeah, game. But he, he played here twice. I know, I know. Yeah. But then so, why do you think he didn't come back? David Villa <laughs> turned up. Frank Lampard came. We'll see if Wayne Rooney comes. No so one told them. Guys but, have come. Yeah. And I was under that perception as well. So I've got to give a little bit of a nod there. It's only two. But it was good that Zlatan came and he said there, I promised I was going to come. So, hey, if I was I, healthy, I was coming. I liked his comments about the turf. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's that's cheap, the truth. That's the truth from a, from a player. Yeah. But back in the day... There was all these top players, Pele, Beckenbauer, and NASL. And they came to Vancouver and other places and played in crappy turf. And that brings us nicely to our continued celebrations of the NASL Soccer Bowl win. And we'll be back with that in part three. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN Podcast. by the English group M. That song was number one in Canada and the US in 1979. It made the charts this week back in 1979 after its release. Only made number two in the UK. I actually have this as a seven-inch single. It was fantastic. That just brings back so many memories for me. And when we're talking about memories, we've got to talk about the... NASL Soccer Bowl win and we're continuing our celebrations of 1979. By the Bee Gees was still number one. Obviously, tragedy should have been playing out on the loudspeakers after Ali Adnan's penalty miss on Friday night. (laughs) 
The next day, though, after the Whitecaps played, Whitecaps played on Friday, April 6th. And it seemed to be the charts in at least the US were on a Saturday. Yeah. In the UK, they were on a Tuesday. Oh. But the next day, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive re- returned to number one in the US. I've had trouble finding what was number one in Canada various weeks, so kind of more looking at US and UK. That was also number one, though, in the UK this week. In the film charts. The champ. Yeah, boxing film. I remember watching that. Yeah. Guy and his little kid. Yeah, John Voight uh, and Ricky Schrader of Silver Spoons fame were the main oh. stars. So that was good. And the Whitecaps, they played their second game of the season, the first Canadian derby of the 1979 season, the Edmonton Drillers. Driller, I hardly knew her. I believe the players said back then, different time, Zach. <laughs> Edmonton Drillers were... A new team, kind of. Sounds they, like the story of Edmonton song. Yes, Edmonton football. they'd been called the Hartford. They'd be, well, basically, they'd played in Hartford, Connecticut, and then they changed their name from Hartford to Connecticut. And then in 1978, the franchise moved to Oakland to become the Oakland Stompers, and they drew nearly 12,000 fans. But. Bizarrely, it was then sold to an Edmonton businessman for 1979. So he moved the team lock, stock and barrel to Edmonton, becoming the third Canadian team in the league that season, beside the Whitecaps and Toronto Blizzard. This was their first ever NESL game. They made the trip to Empire Stadium on Friday, April 6th. A team packed with European talents. They had a Dutch head coach, they had seven Dutchmen on the team, seven other Europeans, very few Canadians on the team, and they went down to a 2-0 defeat. Kevin Hector got his second goal in two games for the Whitecaps. Whitecaps' first win of the season, setting them on track for a wonderful run. <laughs> You're looking at me like, yeah, I was it sounds, for, sounds accurate, Michael. I was waiting for Zach to give his commentary of what he felt of the performance in that game. Uh, I, I was, was only three. Yeah, I was uh, just... Uh, a couple of weeks old. So. Did you not watch it on TV? No. What kind of football fan were you back then? <laughs> not at all. Oh, I was watching football back then. Yeah, what did you think about I was 11. We didn't have those games. Oh, no NESL yeah. on the telly. No, not that I can remember. You couldn't get it on the old rabbit ears. Uh, no, it's because of the time zone. It was like different times. Well, they only, <laughs> have, they only had three channels too. But the Kick Magazine program, if you check out... Did you bring it? I didn't bring it this week either. <laughs> it's, it's embedded in my head. Rodney Marsh is on the cover. Beautiful picture of him with his flowing locks. Check out AFTN.ca. I've got stuff from that. It had some very interesting... It had an interesting interview with him. Now, if anyone doesn't know who Rodney Marsh was, after George Best, he was probably the most controversial English footballer for all the things that he got up to off the pitch... Lots of girls on his arms, lots of drunken escapades. And he, he he split up with his wife so many times. And then he moved over here. He suffered from depression. And he moved over here to kind of get away from everything in, in 1976. But things, again, got a little bit out of control. He got a lot of abuse in 1978 because in the morning of the soccer ball, he pulled out of the game because his shin, he said, had an infection. Not helped by the Tampa Bay doctors then coming out and saying... I think it's okay to play. So they lost that to the New York Cosmos and fans were really on his back for that. 
ended up playing though against the Whitecaps in the 1979 Soccer Bowl. Oh, you're ruining the rest of the... Oh, sorry, spoiler, spoiler. But another interesting thing in the Kick magazine from that game was an interview with Carol Valentine. It was one of his first interviews that he did. And he was just talking about... An interesting... I'd never heard this before. When he was eight, his teacher said, you can't play for the school team because you're concentrating too much on football as opposed to your schoolwork. And... Carol had said from the age of six, football was all he was interested in. But things, after not playing for the team in two weeks, his schoolwork actually got worse because he was so pissed off at not playing in the team that they said, you have to put this guy back in the team. So it's an interesting interview, talking just about his move to Canada, what he was hoping to achieve. And they they said, they, they thought he had a good career ahead of him. And he said, I just want to be remembered. He certainly is. And that was 1979. I like having new sections and just kind of fun things on the show. Bit of debate. New sections, like a GA, a United GA. Yeah, (laughs) so this is going to be just a general free-for-all. I'm setting up a new section, and we're going to set it up with a song from 1978, not 79. I'm calling this section... I am a cliché. I'm a cliché there. Polystyrene and X-ray specs. So... What is this new section about? Well, it's all about football cliches. Because football is not devoid of cliches. If you're listening to commentators, I use it. I mean, I, I'm probably as bad as other commentators when I'm doing it as well. I just throwing cliches in. I do like a good cliche. But I thought in this section we'll debate some of the merits of certain cliches. First one we're going to kick things off with is that famous... 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in football. Wasn't for the LA Galaxy on Friday night. <laughs> it depends on when you have it. Yeah. yeah. It, I would rather have a 2-0 lead than be getting beat 4-0. But is it the most dangerous lead? I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about well, this off Wait, you would week. rather have a 2-0 lead than being down 4-0? Yeah. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is not a lead. You're talking. This, this section is off to a great start. <laughs> that's a, it's a wild I, comparison. Steve looks really confused. No, but that was a wild comparison. You, I was, of course, you I was expecting that. Steve to come in with some analytics about you know what's happened, not happened. But then well, when you said that, you just in like sixty-four point seven percent of games, teams with a two-nil lead go on to, to win. win. Yeah. No. Yeah. Teams it, with a three-nil lead. The reason. The reason why the people feel that way, I think, and I, I don't know how much I agree with it or not, but. The, people, the reason why people feel that way is because when you're up 2-0, you kind of relax a little bit. And when you relax, you're not marking as well. It also, 2-0 lead, that's a cliche in hockey as well, just to let you know. Um, so ice so, hockey? Ice hockey, yeah. Oh. So, um, so basically, people relax, and when, they, when that opposition team gets the first goal, when they're capable of it, unlike the Whitecaps on, on Friday, when they get that first goal, all of a sudden – 
the the team in the lead feels even more pressure now at this point. But they, because they've been so relaxed, will they be able to get tightened up again at that point? I wonder if it's a- that's that's why I think people feel like a two nil lead is that when you're three nil up, you have a li- bigger gap. If you get one, you still have time to kind of focus back up. Well, m- momentum. I mean, that, this is a, a discussion I had with Mark Weber. Mark Weber does not believe that momentum is a thing. It's just in folks' head. I genuinely think it is a thing. And it's like Steve says, when you are 2-0 up, a team gets back in it, and then they get that surge. They yeah. do have that momentum. They, they believe we can get back in this. Like, if, if the Whitecaps had scored, seeing that uh, Ali Adnan shot from a distance, remember he, the one he had in the second half, of, in the 81st minute or something like that? I from, think I'd zoned out. From, like, then. 35, 40 yards out, and it, and I think it deflected off somebody and went wide or or, yeah. or the, went off the goalkeeper. If that had gone in... It was a it was a decent shot too from distance. I I don't remember Whitecaps shooting like that from distance for a while. Maybe Sebastian Fernandez in RSL game. If that got in, you'd think that everybody would have swelled up, and you still have eight minutes. At that point, LA is going to be going, "Oh my god, oh my god, what on, are we going to do?" On their heels, a bit. yeah, uh, yeah. I think there are a segment of people who just will be would be say, "Just give me the stats. What do the stats say?" Then you can tell if it's true, if it's not true. Uh, that would have been a good thing to bring to this yes, discussion. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did not look that up. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I I'm more. With, I'm a little bit more with you, with you, Michael, in terms of like I think that uh, there, for players, for players especially, there is more of a of an emotional feeling side of of the game and and how it's going that uh, impacts things because I don't think that, I don't think there's too many players out there thinking, you know what, two nil. 70% of the time sees out the, you know they're not thinking yeah. that way at all but you have to feel a 1-0 lead coaches coaches might be thinking that way. way more than no, a, but, a, than but a 1-0 lead. lead that's when uh, what do you call it the, your favorite, favorite term like squeaky bum time mm. and the, the 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 players do clench up at that time because they're really like they don't want to lose that lead yeah hands that's on a, ass time. yeah hands on ass hands your butt hands your butt. butt that was it forgot him already <laughs> Was he really a player? Yeah, I'll show you. Okay. I'll show you the next You break. show me your butt on your phone later on then. Okay, we'll, we'll do that at the next break. We'll tweet it out, Zach's butt. So are we saying, is that a, fa- is, is that a cliche or is that real? I, I think it I think it has some merit. I don't, I don't, I can't give you a specific number of how much, but I'm, I think there are times when people can lose a 2-0 lead very easily. I, I don't know, but I bet statistically it's not true. Hmm. Here's another one for you then. Oh kind of ties in with the Whitecaps game as well from Friday night. Yes. A game of two halves. Now, you could look at the Whitecaps game and say, that was a game of two halves. I I use this a lot in my match reports. I always say the proverbial game of two halves. Yeah, Whitecaps were dominant in the first half. LA were dominant in the second half. I feel, though, that you can't just break it down as a game of two halves because even a half is like a game of thirds, quarters, quadrants. So, I mean, games, this swing and flows. Uh, for me, a game of two halves is a bullshit cliche. It means nothing. Oh, to me, it's so true you, because really? it's literally true. There's two halves in we the game. We saw it on Friday. I guess, 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's two halves in every football. It's um, like a Frank Sidebottom song from last week. There's only one referee. Two linesmen, but there's only one referee. Yeah. Um, I know you guys sometimes will break out that uh, I don't know, Opta or whatever MLS stats like... 
uh, especially last year or the during Carl Robinson's time, you guys the were possession, like, the possession for yeah. these five minutes, they had it for these five minutes, like. And but the majority, you wouldn't even say it. you would. It wouldn't go back and forth. It was all usually one sided right. five minutes. Right. I, I like. I like. I would use this. I would use this cliche more than the former cliche. So I think yeah. I think a game of two halves is often more fitting than uh, you know two nil is the most dangerous score in football. What do you think, Steve? I I I, I do agree that is it, is, it, is it a better one? The second one is this a better one? I think the second one is more likely. Okay. Because of the fact that um, I I I do see it where it's teams come out in the second half and they just don't look like the same team at all as the first the first half team. I I like just you, think I just think a half is more than just one team dominated. There's so many little intricate bits. Right. To oh, it. I do agree with that. Yeah, I'll but I, but I, I, I'm not saying that the the teams are dominating. But I'm saying one team will play well in one half, and one team team will play mm. horribly in the second half. There's also other games where the games uh, we saw this in MLS this weekend. We saw it with their Classicer in the Bundesliga this weekend. There's some games where the game's over at the half, right? Oh yeah. So like Bayern was up four nil over Dortmund. The yeah. game was over. They scored another goal. You never responded to my tweet. I had no idea what game right. you were watching. Yeah, I was watching a replay of Hibs and Hearts. I right. had no idea what you were right. going on about. Yeah, okay. I had that like ready. I put it in. I put it in my my my. I put it on Twitter, just waiting to press send. <laughs> uh, from the I time guess that was up. probably going to be your German guys. But but, yeah. but that game was over. Like the first half, Bayern w- yeah. was dominant, and the second half was a slower, different kind of game. And they so nicked- you certainly wouldn't say that was a game of two halves. Although t- no, but it was. It was because there was forty five no, minutes. No, but it was like they were crazy dominant in the first half, and the second half they. I mean, they were still mm. dominant, but they. You could tell they. They took it a little bit easier in the second half than they did in the first half. If there's any football cliches you'd like us to debate or chuck in your own thoughts in the debate, get in touch with us at AFT in Canada on Twitter or AFT in Canada at hotmail.com. That was a nice debate of, of three quarters, yeah, we, three thirds. I mean, we are the best mass debaters on Vancouver Radio. And that was I'm a Cliche. So that was football cliches. Something that is not a cliche, although I guess people may think that it is a, a bit of a cliche, is our segment on the show about chocolate digestives. And what I want to know is the Scott Sutter fancy one. So you sit at home, you want to have a hot beverage of choice. Do you have a tea, a coffee, hot chocolate or something else? Coffee. Do you like biscuits? I do like biscuits, yeah. And what is your biscuit of choice? Uh, one of those classic English digestives, probably, with a bit of chocolate on it. Oh, we've got our winner. Huh? That's Our, our yeah. section is called Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive. Oh, okay. You and John Herdman, the Canadian national team coach, are the only two that have picked chocolate digestives. Really, yeah? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, do you dunk? Um, well, I mean, to be honest, if I'm having a digestive, usually I'll probably go for tea, but I'm a, I, I love coffee, so I'm kind of, depends. If I'm having a digestive at night, uh, like in the evening, I'll have a tea, but during the day, I'm a coffee man. That's superb. You're yeah. now our favourite player, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard, uh, well, I know Vancouver's kind of the spot for coffee shops and everything, man. Yeah, and you get your Spoil chocolate digestives here in Walmart. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, 2.49. Perfect, packet. there you go. I've already, saw, I've already spotted some Cadbury's as well, though. That, you know. Yeah, you want to avoid all the, the UK shops because it's like extortionate. Anyone 
Now Zach can testify to this. I was cock a hoop when he's there, chocolate digestive. I was bouncing about. Very much. And Scott was kind of looking at me like, What's wrong with this? What I just said. You're like Alfonso Davies after scoring his first goal for Bayern Munich. You slid on the ground. Oh, yeah, my my knee went. I celebrated so much on that turf. But yeah, Scott Sutter, get him in it right back next week. Our favourite player. We'll be talking about the game that's coming up for the Whitecaps next week and some other MLS action from this week after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Steve, tell, tell us why we were playing that. Uh, Nirvana, the, uh, on Friday, it was 25 years since the day that Kurt Cobain uh, committed suicide and passed away. Uh, oh. So 25th anniversary, 1994. Yes, April 5th, 1994. Very fitting then, because when the Whitecaps missed that penalty on Friday, I felt like blowing my brains out. Yeah. Big fan of Nirvana. Never got to see them live. So disappointed. I first got into them, I was in Tower Records in Glasgow, and there was a CD playing. This is before they kind of broke in the UK. I was just blown away by it, and I was like, what, what, what's that? And the guy showed me, so I bought it. Then two weeks later was when they kind of started to really break through. Fantastic band, such a talent, such a loss. Yeah, it was sad there. Cascadian band. Yes. From middle Cascadia, unfortunately, but... I don't look at it, I, I think they were just a worldwide band. But from Aberdeen. Yeah, not, not too far. Not Scotland. And of course, I love Courtney Loves Hole. Always been a big fan of that. A good band. I had a massive. I like uh, Dave Grohl's uh, Foo Fighters too. Oh yeah, they're a good band yeah. as well. I like oh, I Monkey saw. Wrench. I saw him once in Seattle at the I think the Morris Theater or Moore Theater. Uh, what was the other band he was in for a little? It was like a side project. It was a bunch of dudes from different bands. Uh, Queen oh. of the Stone Age guys were in it. Yes. yes, I think I played a song of theirs from before. Oh. They had one one single. Who's the, they had like an old timer dude who was like from I don't know it was Zeppelin or I we'll, think, we'll Google. That. Yeah, always been a a big fan of Nirvana, and it's just there's a band that you can still listen to, and we should actually have them at Artist of the Month. We should each pick our favorite Nirvana song and do that. We'll do that later on in the year. But you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Now, it's time for the MLS News of the Week. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in MLS this week. 
finished the weekend down a place in the West. Second bottom now in the Western Conference. Same number of points as the now hapless looking Portland Timbers. They can't kick it. No, they can't. Second worst record in all of MLS too, Whitecaps. Seven points off the playoff places. Well, that's not that's not that far. Yeah. We'll kick off, though, our look at what happened in the MLS West with a look at the best team in MLS West right now, running away with the support of Shield, LAFC. They are looking good. Beat DC United 4-0 on the road. Yeah, DeSanto said that the LAFC and Seattle are the best two teams in MLS right yeah. now. Diego yeah. Rossi hat-trick this week following Vela's hat-trick from last week. And Vela scored. Yep. But he also missed a penalty. Also. Yeah, it could have been points when, to score. And when it was 0-0, he missed the penalty. Yeah. yeah, between the two of them, they've got 13 goals. I think Vela's got seven and Rossi's got six or, or other way around, but I think that's that's what it is. They've 13 goals between them. No other team in MLS has scored more than 12 goals for the season. So those two guys have scored more than all the other teams. Yeah, and it took uh, and last year they played well, but it seems like they've taken another step this year. Oh, it's have. like it's 19 goals yeah. so far. They've played an extra game, six games. Yeah. They were three up by the 32nd minute. They just looked very impressive. That, that was a game of two, two half. It was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, they're the next team that's coming to BC Place. Yay. Let's hope they maybe have a, a rest week after that. We've got Chicago than LAFC. It's going to be tough for the Whitecaps. DC, though, Wayne Rooney was sent off after video review. Correct decision, because there was a horrible tackle on Rossi. Right through, like, studs up in the middle of his his shin. Back of the shin, I can't remember if it was front or back, but it it was a horror tackle. Rooney himself said it was the right decision afterwards. He kind of knew he was going to get sent off for it. Yeah, it was nice to see a player not, like, freak out and, like, Whatever, just he he knew he knew how bad it was, and uh, after they looked at it, they're like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he was like taking off the armband. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I, yeah, I know what's happening here. Yeah. But four players have now been sent off against LAFC in their first six matches. Three of them for challenges on Rossi. Yeah. So that's something the Caps really need Definitely to watch. Check out. Yeah. So so what are the odds on the Caps getting sending off for a challenge on Rossi? I don't know. If only we had Efrain Juarez. He got sent off today. Yeah, two yellow cards, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes. <laughs> Second game. Are, are they not top of already. the table anymore? I don't know. But he got sent off. I'll check. Um, uh, Minnesota uh, yeah, finished off their five, on the road. F- uh, five-game road trip to start the yeah. season. Impressive 2-1 win at Red Bulls. Nice way to do it. Two nice finishes, too. First from Dunlady, then a, one from Ibarra. Where they kill, kill Dead Bull. Yeah. Mm. Then, it, extending that gap to us, the... Yeah, then a little bit south, south of uh, oh, yeah. Florida. This, that this, was, this was a crazy game. This was your match of the weekend, this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolute this, barn burner. As Jim Ross would say, slobber knocker. Yeah. Orlando City 4, Colorado Rapids 3. Couple of white caps got on the score sheet. Kai Kamara opened that, the score nice for Colorado. Goal. Yeah, really nice goal. Well. Con- controlled it. For, yeah. I, I actually watched it and I was like, oh, I missed that in Vancouver. Put Rapids 1-0 up. But then Nani, Tisho Akindeli, put Orlando ahead before halftime. Nani's first goal in MLS. Second half goals, though, well, for, actually, first of all, at halftime, there was a one-hour weather delay, 
And then after that, it was Colorado that came out all guns blazing. Nicholas Mosquera got a goal with a header. Just as he was about to get taken it off It was a nice well. goal too. Yeah, he took it well. Did he score with his head bent over? I think he's, he scored once here. I think it was by accident. Mm. I don't think he was meant <laughs> to put his head on it. And Cole Bassett had put Colorado 3-2 up, but then Chris Mueller in the 81st minute made it 3 all before Nani got a penalty kick put away in the 89th minute to seal the three points. Now, Nani. Oh, yeah, I saw the Kellen Acosta yeah, basically Kellen retweeted Acosta. a video. Check his tweet. It's superb. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Nanny is an absolute wanker. He is going to get hit hard by the disciplinary committee, you hope. He headbutted two players. He, he headbutted Acosta twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he, he did another one as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He did another player before that as well. Nothing. Referee either missed it or just ignored it. Isn't that what VAR's for? Well, VAR looks at every play in the game. But can you see if the referee's completely missed it? Can they. Yes. That's what it's there yeah, for. That's what for. For headbutts? Yes. A, 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 a red, a red card. Play. That's a dangerous yeah, play. Yeah, serious foul play. Yeah. Hmm. He's definitely going hit, to get hit with disco. Really? But I think really? That, really? Really? I think that for some other stuff that hasn't. I, well, four players got a fine this week for disco. One was for I a bet you chocolate digestive <laughs> that he gets hit with disco. I don't want to take that bet. <sighs> Brian Short, chocolate digestives. <laughs> I don't have any. Yet. I ate all my coffee ones that I got in the... Black Pudding Imports. Highly recommend them. They're great. They've got everything you could possibly want there. I just want to interrupt this. Yeah, but you didn't. You told Scott Sutter to stay away from those. Yeah, because yeah. I want all this stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to interrupt this MLS uh, with a uh, Norwegian League update. It was uh, Valerenga losing to Kristiansund 2 uh, 0. So they are now level on goals for and goals against and wins and losses. They are dropped to eighth in the table. Sam Atakubi and Corse played the, the full 90. Steve, you need to get a Norwegian News of the Week song for okay, maybe well. Norwegian Wood by the Beatles or something big, like that. Big match coming up this Wednesday as a host, Molde. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of walruses there could play with walrus. Or, so. sir, they go they go to Molde, sorry. They're away. I had some Molde on my bathroom ceiling, but we got that dealt with. Getting back to MLS. Yeah, yeah back to MLS. And my bad Norwegian two, <laughs> Dallas one. Now, this one looked like Dallas were going to head back to Texas with all three points. Nice free kick. Goal. Yeah, Rito Ziegler, 10th minute goal. But then Corey Burke in the 85th minute. Then Fabian had a penalty saved and then Burke put that way. Alejandro Bedoya got the winner in the 92nd minute. Dallas were the better team throughout. And they started five homegrowns. And they actually had seven players that were aged under 21. Now, that is impressive. Yeah, They got beat there. That's a rebuilding team. You don't win anything with kids, to quote Alan Hansen. <laughs> a shocker. Yeah, this <laughs> Between two shocking teams. This kept uh, Vancouver from the bottom. Yes. <laughs> San Jose, three. Portland Timbers, nil. Almost four, because they had one called back for offside. Yeah. No goals for Wando, who didn't even you come didn't, off the bench. Yeah. That's crazy he didn't come on in the second half. Yeah. I think... The fact that they've been playing so crap maybe had something to do with it. But well, match winner, Shea Salinas. Yes. Scored the first goal, whiffed on the second. He should have had the second goal. Uh, uh, Hoyson came in behind him and finished it. But yeah, 3-0. Uh, Portland, that's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah they were. They gave up three in the 34 minutes. They look terrible. Their goal difference is minus 10 yeah, right already. Now. This is, which is keeping them below Vancouver, yes. right? Yeah. Savarese did apologise to the Timbers fans after the game. Good for him. Yeah. But pressure will be mounting on him. Hans Jorgbutt. Oh, 
talking of who you showed me on your phone I highly recommend people check this video should, out I'll, show you, I'll tweet it yeah out. tweet it out it, it's amazing I, it really it tickled my pickle back to MLS our other Cascadian foes <sighs> still unbeaten not as impressive this week 1-0 win over RSL it wasn't a great game but it was a, yeah, but it was a well taken goal. Yeah, Ladero, who we neutered last week, found his balls this week though to put them ahead, volleying home in yeah. the 18th minute. Jefferson Savarino though, he cracked one off. The, the woodwork that is in the 73rd minute. Oh, just a few inches less, and that could have gone in. But Seattle and beaten through five games, their best ever start continuing. Plus point though for RSL. They finished the match with 11 men, <laughs> which is the first time in four matches that they've managed to do that. Peke will be very yeah. excited about that, I'm sure. And then the final Western team was in action today. FC Cincinnati, Whitecaps Light, won. Sporting KC, also known as Johnny Russell FC, won. Now, not tons to talk about from this. I, I saw some of it. I think a draw was a fair result from what I saw. KC's goal, though, well, first of all, Darren Mattox had put Cincinnati ahead from the spot. Their yeah. first penalty in, in MLS. And he missed, maybe not a sitter, but he not as bad as no. he not as bad as he remembered, but he not missed. Not Darren Mattox. <laughs> he missed a chance close in that should have been a goal. Or maybe it hit the post, I can't remember, but he should have scored you a... sure it was Mattox? Yeah, um, positive. Hmm. Shocking that. I don't like him. I'm stunned. But Casey's goal was... Spencer Ritchie came rushing out. No collusion. There should have been some collusion with his defender because there was a bit of a misunderstanding, yeah. allowing the little 16-year-old Busio to run in, score again. <laughs> He's looking good. We should sign him. <laughs> Replace Alfonso Davies with him. Right. Now, he is looking good. He's 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 been class for, for KC this year. Nice finish. I'm just hoping that this doesn't cost Spencer his place because he's been so solid. Yeah. And you never know. A little mistake can can let keep us back in, but I think he's been really good that he it shouldn't. Hopefully but, not. Hopefully yeah. not for him. He looked disappointed. He seemed to take the the blame. The good thing is, is it, at least it didn't cost them uh, all three points. They still got one point, which I think for Cincinnati, that's you know you 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 want to yeah, keep you want to keep putting points. Still on got the board. a good start of the season yeah. in their battle. The expansion teams definitely doing better than us. But that, that's our. MLS News of the Week. We're going to move quickly, though, on to our Canadian Premier League News of the Week. And there's really just two big stories that, that we're dominating. What's that? I don't know. The, the first big story that was released was the Jersey release. We'll talk about that shortly. I think it is Steve. Seems we want to do a flashback. Do you think? Yeah, I've been wanting to do it for one for a while. I thought this was going, perfect I want a flash. I want a flash. So rank whatever you want. To rank. So I, I basically what I did was I, I, I combined. I ranked all fourteen jerseys, nice. and then I combined the uh, aggregate. I like added the totals yeah. or whatever, and I, I I put the best teams. The two that didn't finish in the flash five quickly because there's only seven teams. I'll uh, go quickly. York nine. I hated their jerseys. Uh, I'm just not a green fan. Yeah. Like green, so I didn't like either one. They were both of their jerseys were bottom for me. Um, I gave him a Kermit the fl- Froggy. You should see what he did to that. 
My sixth, uh, sixth jersey, uh, sixth team. Sorry, is uh, the Forge. I like their orange, but I didn't like their fleece looking gray. I don't know. Maybe it looked better when it's actually a, a jersey. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see the. I saw the. Um, the the mock up. I it. thought the mock up looked better than in person. Really? Then yeah, I, then I didn't like uh, the mock up, so I probably won't like the in person yeah. either. So I, I, orange, orange is like it's Holland. Like I, 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 I didn't. So I kind of don't like it. I didn't I mind. Think it. it only should be for Holland. It's a new black, sir. Is it <laughs> number five? Uh, uh, FC Edmonton. I thought their blue jersey, home jersey, was good. I there. It has that wavy bacon thing. Yeah, on it. yeah, yeah. But, uh, the, but the, yeah, it was all right. It was nothing special there. Um, I thought I didn't mind the rally rabbit. I didn't. I thought they could have put it in a better place. I don't yeah. know why they had to put it at the butt or whatever. It's like a tramp stamp. Yeah, kind of. There's a lot of those. Yeah, I've seen a lot of girls with rabbits there. Number three was uh, cavalry. Now I did not like the camo at all. Oh really? I no, I'm not because it looks like Horses. it looks like a duck's been squashed on it. I thought it was. I, th- I, I don't mind the camo. When I first looked at it, I thought they were horses or something like that. I thought, oh, that kind of no, it it's not horses. Like horse shit, I think. Um, but I did. I did really like their red jerseys, the reverse Peru. Yeah, I, like I did that. like that. So yeah, uh, yeah, me too. It's a number That's four. my favorite one, probably. Number three, I liked uh, uh, Valor. Was number three for me. Um, I liked their away kits more. I think I think it was the way kids. The one with the the, the black, black with the red. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's my top three. Or was it a home? Uh, whatever. But I, I Cal- thought I cavalry th- in that one. I thought that one. And then number two was uh, for me was specific. I I know a lot of people didn't like the purple. I like the purple. I do like their away jersey too. I like I like that that kind of different color. And then you chose number one was the one that looked very similar. Halifax. Yeah, <laughs> I li- I like Halifax's jersey. I like I the don't home know. One? Uh, pardon the the home one. No, I like both of them. Oh. I, it's a combined. I think I like oh. the home one more than the away one. For me, my 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 top one was I think cavalry was the best. I like yeah. the red and I like the camo, even though it's not a perfect camo. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I I really like. I also I would agree with you on York Nine because the <clears throat> the green is uh, a pukish green. Yeah, uh, I didn't like that green at all. Yeah, makes me think of you know southbound I five. And the thing is, they use the same green that they use in the, the bits of the home jersey as they used in the away jersey. Yeah. It was the same. If they didn't even change the green up, well, the at white, all. the other ones got mostly the, white. The white and yeah. black and green, but yeah. they didn't. That green could have been a different green on the away one. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, so cavalry is probably the best. Then I would say, I would say valor is the second best for me. Yeah. And then third. Maybe Pacific, just because I'm I'm excited to go see their games, and it didn't pop for me on the thing. Like I, uh, when I saw the the images they put out later, I was like, "Oh, this looks way better than what it looked like on Market for Marcus." I don't. Yeah, some of them, like when when you went and you actually saw, it's like, "Oh yeah, that's grown me." Like when I first saw Forges, I was like, "They're both hideous," but then I saw the away one actual close up. It's like, "Oh, quite like that." Yeah, kind of the mottled look to it. But yeah, when they're wearing it, some of them. I didn't mind the trident either coming up, and I, 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 I the, the explain. I, I didn't realize this, but the two tone we were talking about before. Yeah, it represented the old and the new of uh, the you know the island or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a meaning behind it. There's remember. a meaning for everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because there is a lot of old folk live on the island. Yeah. It's kind of a retiral place, I guess. Now, for me, I was torn for my third one between Cavalry's Reverse Peru and Halifax's Home. Just went with Halifax's home in the end, which I didn't really like that much at first when I saw them wearing it. Yeah. And then when again I saw it more, so that's my third. And then I've got Valor as my top two. I like both of them. Yeah. The home one's my second. I just I love that away one. The one with I the like dots. Black, yeah, the I like a black dots. kit. It's yeah. just 
I'm surprised that not very much black was used. There was only mm. they were the only ones that used well, it. I think they've what well Forge is a way one's kind of grey black. Yeah. Plus there's also uh I don't know if I forget if this was in what press release or whatever, but it's likely that Forge will have a third jersey that'll be black and yellow, kinda like tight cats oh, colors. Right, yeah. For for I don't know if just some games or when they're given the Champions League or whatever whatever it is. I asked our listeners and Twitter followers to kind of give us their top three and I aggregated the total. Now, we we got 27 replies, which is more than I thought folk would be bothered doing. All 14 strips got votes, which I was quite... That's, that's the craziest yeah. thing about this. When you, when you sit back well, and you read everybody all Everybody has their own opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, but, no, but usually someone's like, that's... Every, every, usually you'll find like the crowd will come together and say, yeah, that, like, that's terrible. That's yeah. crap. But this, I, I found people who said, that's the ugliest. Then the next person said, that's the most beautiful. Yeah, I hate Forge's home and that orange one. And some folk were like, oh, that's my favorite. Oh, I really like that. They I might, like the orange. They might be Dutch. Oh, it could be Dutch. Could be it could be affinity for their So home. I aggregating the totals, in third place was Valor's Away. Second was Pacific's Home. And the number one, Runaway actually number one, was Halifax Home. Well, that kind of fit my oh. number mm. of three. What did you think about the whole release, how it was done, once it eventually got started? Because telling you a four o'clock start time and then having people just waffling on for half an hour beforehand yeah. was not great. That was a pre-shot video. That was from the day before, I think. Oh, it was It felt awful like, it felt to, like I could be wrong. I, but well, you had everyone sitting up in the background, that's so why very I, possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, no, I'm okay with that because... Uh, we got some nice tidbits out of it. Sure. But I, I, no, I'm okay with that in general because... That kind of thing. There's there's a live audience there. They probably want to make sure everyone's in place. Like whatever. It's it's like it's, it's like it's like a broadcast. Yeah, the game's at seven o'clock, but kickoff is seven seven oh eight seven oh eight. Or when the American networks are doing it, it's seven twenty yeah. or whatever. You know. So I, I I was I was fine with that. I actually liked what they did. Uh, they took over that space. They made it their own. They did the graffiti stuff. They had the I like the um, the pyro they used. Um, I, I mean, it was, it was a small-ish venue, hmm. but you, you could tell people were there and enjoying it. I knew some of the people, I knew some people were going and stuff, so I, I heard some positive things as, from those who attended. bespoke kits as they made it out to be? Yeah. Like, I mean, the one thing that, uh, the, the one, uh, misstep maybe is strong, but the one thing that to, to me is not good, uh, and this is maybe a very obvious thing, there's kind of two elements to it, is... The fact that they don't have the seven sponsors in place. Yes, they, uh, they need two more. I think they're off by two. Yes, because two four teams are sharing two sponsors. Yes. Uh, yeah. the two ends are showing Volkswagen, I, I, and then you got Winnipeg. Volkswagen. And I, I tweeted this out as well. The Volkswagen looks weird. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. Yeah, is that the, the Volkswagen logos, does not it's, look? It's thin. It's not yeah. the proper Volkswagen logo. Maybe that's their new logo. Maybe no. they're rebranding. No, folk look to see, and it's yeah. like yeah, that does not look good. It's horrible. That's yeah. what. Really put me off. Really, the the, f- the Pacific one yeah. when I first saw it. I was like, Ooh. Volkswagen and one soccer has got two right. Winnipeg yeah. and Edmonton. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one soccer because everyone's like, "What the hell is one soccer?" Yeah. And then it's like, "Oh, this is apparently going to be the streaming thing yeah. before they announce it's it the, the media next day. pro." Yeah. yeah. So it's a streaming service. So far, we don't know. Assuming it's all online, but they say they could be like. A Basically, what's going to be a game of the week on one of the broadcast cable channels, or yeah, that's what they're trying to get done. Yeah. yeah, they're hoping to get something done. No word yet on what the cost will be, or or anything like that. They they say that they'll be showing. Was it 
League One they were going to show. Or yeah, League One. Yeah, and from, League from Men and Women. Yeah. Um, and the Canadian Men and Women's National Team games. Yeah. What do you think the cost should be? What do you think folk will be prepared to pay for it? And is there going to be enough numbers to justify a streaming service? So, yeah, this is more like a channel, right? This is going to have all all CPL yeah. content on it. It's not just games. It's Which not is just risky because you're wanting to grow the league and you could already be curtailing the amount of people that will get to see your league. Right, but I think that's where the game of the week on whatever normal TV station but is that enough to? Dude, there's to three. Sell there's three. There's three games a week. Yeah, there's three games in a match day, so it's it's not. I it think, could be worse. I think if they keep it five dollars or less, they're okay. Um, I'd, anything, I'd pay five a month. Anything think, more than that, I think they're not going to have people. I think sign they're up. looking at more. It's going to be uh, you expect in the five to ten dollar a month range. That's what I would think. I'm wanting five. I'm expecting ten. That's why we. If it is ten, I'm. I don't know if I'll sign up because I, I don't. I, I there's already you'll too just many. get a media one. No, I don't know if oh, they if get that. Would be great because yeah. genuinely, I don't know if I would. If just I just talk to you, everyone's friend Kurt Larson, I'm sure he'll hook you up. <laughs> Good job we don't have video. <laughs> but the teams are now heading off to Dominican. Well, they're Republic. in Dominican Republic. Yeah, I think they played some games there too. Oh, they already yeah. they already, They went like on was a Friday. Yeah, the day after. Yeah, after the the fashion show. Much like the white caps to Hawaii, our invite got lost in the mail. We need to speak to the mail carrier here. It's terrible. Or Kurt Larson. I checked my hole when I came in. Or your buddy Kurt Larson. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm excited for the season. Oh, man. I've been hearing some not good things from some players that's been involved, some trialists with the teams. I saw there was a trialist in the section on, oh. on Friday night. There's a few that's not been happy with communication some players didn't know they still don't know if they're getting signed or not and they, they're away now and they've got other things to find some of them looking for pdl contracts and they can't get contracts now because the teams have signed all their players so not ideal but we'll see what happens with that but that is it for this part we will be back with our final part of the show after this hi this is andy rose and you're listening to the aftn soccer show Everyone loves a swollen member at the weekend. That was them. Tell us more about that, Steve. Uh, they're a local Vancouver band from the late 90s, early 2000s. And that was Nelly Furtado uh, that featured on that song with them. Yes, she's given a few people swollen members in her time, I'm sure. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. She's Portuguese, just like Mark DeSantos. I think she played at the Euros that was in Portugal. Oh, She actually sang yes. there. Yeah. yeah. 
Opening ceremony. Yeah. A Canadian at the Euros, Sudeth Funk. Well, Owen Hargreaves, I guess, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's April. It's our first show of April. And you know what April is? It's Football Violence Awareness Month. We've been looking forward to this since we last had it. Should we do Wrestling Violence Awareness Month? Oh, yeah, from the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see that? No, someone rushed. Bret Hart Bret got Hart rushed. Was in the hall he's basically of a cancer. Bret Hart's still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah sixty-one ca- cancer survivor, stroke survivor. And this somebody guy comes and tackles him. Tackles him, and then he got yeah pummeled. Ronda Rousey's husband, who's the UFC fighter, was yeah. first in the ring. And pummeled him. Davy Boy Smith Jr. was in there yeah. pummeling, and then Dash Wilder. Dash Wilder, pretending, one of the pretending, oh, yeah, pretending, pretending to, to walk him out, and then just uppercut. give him uppercut, and then he went down. <laughs> so okay. Uh, I don't. I don't say this to be mean or cruel, but like, when you say he got pumped, like really beat up or yeah. really no, pumped? No, no, they didn't show his yeah. face. After was the tackle real? Yes. Yeah. He, oh. he he basically he he's grabbed been him and then some weird tweets in the build he, up to wrestling. Yeah, he media. wants. He's is he a wrestler? No, no he's no, a, just a fan. He, he, no, he's apparently his MMA fighter that wants. Oh, wanna be MMA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants. He's got a two and one record, and he wants to join WWE. He keeps tweeting oh. Vince McMahon and Triple H. Apparently, that was what was. I heard the story. Probably not gonna get him signed. No. Did you see G1 Supercard Ring of Honor? I saw highlights of it because I didn't have a chance to watch it. Did you it. see the invasion there? Yes. Yes. Enzo and Big Cass. <laughs> Why even go to Zach and tell Certified G's. This reminds me of... Uh, they ain't <clears throat> soft. This will all get cut out of the podcast. This reminds me of taking ancient Greek in, <laughs> in, in school. Anyway, it is Football Violence Awareness Month. And I feel it's only fair to kick it on with a band that we featured a lot on Wavelength. It's The Business, and this is their song called Hardcore Hooligan. Business there with Hardcore Hooligan. Love a bit of the business. So we've got some cracking songs lined up for Football Violence Awareness Month. How many months is it? Just one. Oh, so gotcha. We've got four for this month. Cracking songs for cracking, cracking skulls. heads, yeah. You can give out your little business cars of people <laughs> meeting Curva Collective. Yeah, the Jeff Tinker inspired Will Silver made. 
But now, here's something else that cracks skulls. It's BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, links and everything in the world of football. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night, bcsoccerweb.com. And I think Steve has been perusing the pages this week. I have. Um, so let's get off right off the bat. Uh, player agents, uh, big talk about it last year here in Vancouver. Um, in the Premier League, it was reported that they basically, uh, they, well, they did, they made $260 million in fees. That was during the 2018-2019 season. So the summer transfer window of last year, winter transfer window this year. $49 million more than the previous year. Liverpool led with $43.8 million of fees paid out themselves. Chelsea in second was 26. So Liverpool was far and above and th- everybody. Th- this is accurate. It's not like just baseless rumours. No, not baseless. No, well, the, the, the report said that. So, yeah. so you're saying that... I'm th- basing it on the report that I read. So you're saying that there's like money to be made in like football? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. These guys are avidly making money. Now, if you want to watch the Premier League, you're going to have to make a, yeah, get a subscription next year to the Zone Canada. Get in. I have it for the darts. Um, they've landed exclusive rights to the Premier League. The deal is beginning in August. It's for three years. It will include 380 matches per season. Yep. Include Every hi- single game. Include highlight shows preview and weekly magazine programs, and archive clips. Ah. Um, they also, uh, there's no word as of right now whether they'll um, kind of have one game of the week on na- on national TV. I don't know about that. If they will, because of the fact well, that... they haven't with the Champions League. They haven't shared any No, of I know that. that. Uh, the thing is, I always thought that they might be a good idea for them to do it and then put the zone like as the advertisement in the top corner and then people know where to go if they want to advertise. It kind of gives them free advertisement as well. But I, I, one of the reasons why I think they haven't done that, Steve, is because uh, their market share or whatever, I don't know what the correct language is, but yeah. the, the number of people who've bought into their service because it's, it's of good enough like, is probably high enough that they feel They like, don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably right. Um, I just hope, I hope, I want the Bundesliga on something that's not Sportsnet World. Yeah, the zone. That would be, I'd be great. It probably will be because I think they're going for everything. Right now, Sportsnet World still have Bundesliga. They've still got FA Cup, FA Cup and Scottish football. I have it for the FA Cup and Scottish football if they take those away I definitely wouldn't have it but they've been showing the FA Cup games on normal sports net so it's like yeah, recently to, yeah wait well, the value semi- your product well the semi-finals they usually do when that they showed earlier right, oh did they well. yeah. it's like oh I do remember seeing yeah Wimbledon on yeah. yeah it's like yeah devalue the thing that folk are paying for yeah uh, Canada Soccer uh, have struck a compensation agreement with the women's national team unlike the their uh, neighbours to the south the deal will run through uh, 2020, covers payments, performance and roster bonuses, image rights, appearance, travel and accommodations. So it covers everything. Seems like everybody's happy with it at this point. They usually go year to year. Uh, this is the, I think this is the first time in a while they've gone to, uh, con- like 
two years out of the deal. So yeah, hopefully everyone's happy. Hopefully they're being fairly compensated, yeah. especially because it's the World Cup year. Yeah, and uh, one woman who is happy, oh, uh, yeah. and and well, a group of women that were happy was the Canadian national uh, women's team. Uh, they beat England. I think it was on Friday. I was happy. Friday, yeah, it was Friday. Um, uh, one nil. <laughs> Christine <laughs> Sinclair scored her 180th. Uh, 180. She's five away from Wombach at this point from passing her. Uh, the goal was in the 81st minute. So who who breaks the record for first? Christine Sinclair or or Wondolowski? Or <laughs> I think it's Sinclair. Christine come on, Sinclair. Come on, Christine. <laughs> she's going to break out the World Cup as well. That would be so be amazing. Spectacular. They're playing Nigeria tomorrow or on Monday. Yeah, Monday. Oh, yeah. Monday. Oh, maybe she double Monday, hat trick. Get all done there. It's today. Monday, April eighth. Yeah, it's today. Yeah. yeah. Um, FIFA men's ranking uh, came out. Uh, Canada moved up one spot to seventy eight between Iraq and Uganda. They're, they had no change in points, so I'm assuming the quarter that or the the segment that fell off, they didn't really do anything, so it didn't really affect them. Uh, um, I didn't look at the rankings this time because I didn't want to see what happened to Scotland after their they, Kazakhstan. Defeat. I could tell you they're forty fourth. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I they're the Canada's eighth in CONCACAF. I can't believe that. Yeah, they're 13 points, just 13 points behind Panama, 30 behind El Salvador. I guess Panama. To, to get sixth place. Panama was at the World Cup last Yeah. Time. Okay, now the big story of the week again. Uh, Whitecaps uh, apparently are now alerting police as allegations mount against former women's coach. This was done because a group of women um, 13, from the, 13, yeah, 13 uh, from 2008 women's U20 national team pool, not the team itself, the, the pool that was involved in putting the team together. Which uh, you can no longer find, I think, in the Canada soccer website. I think that's... They, they removed the non yeah. yeah, They released a statement condemning the Caps and CSA for the handling of the 2008 inquiry into the dismissed coach's conduct. Uh, in the report, it says they said they witnessed or experienced incidents of abuse, manipulation, inappropriate behavior by the coach. Um, if you want to check it out, J.J. Adams wrote a good article. Um, I think it was on CBC. K- Karen Larson wrote some stuff. So it's all over. You can even obviously check the blogs too because in those articles, there's links to the blogs themselves. And BC Soccer Web had all the links to it everywhere too. Yeah. So the the breaker had one yes- yeah. yesterday? Yes. I yeah. missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, that's very damning. Well, the, I mean, this, this, the accusations, the, alleg- the accusations in the one that you're talking about, Steve, from these yeah. 11, 13 players... Are very disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it it's kind of like if uh, Kiera kind of drew some outlines to the picture. Now people are filling things in, yeah. and it's not a good picture. Because if she, if she had the thing is, if she had filled it in, people would have dismissed it right off the bat. Yeah, she, she needed she somebody to corroborate. Folk, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's good. Not all of them. Only a couple of them have actually. I think mm-hmm. only four of them wanted to their put names. their names to it, and totally understand that. Yeah. And it's so brave for those ones to do that. Because those are the ones I, th- I think they've all said they witnessed stuff. Yeah. yeah. They never were involved in it, but they witnessed it's stuff. I think the people that were and, and the people that were involved, obviously, they they don't want to be named. And that no. I can understand yeah. that. But, and again, they, they the thing is that what they're looking at is they want people to go, what happened in 2008? Why wasn't yeah. more done? Um, either the investigator, whoever did this, should be uh, disbarred or whatever, because I think he was a lawyer. She, and the, but if she she did tell the Whitecaps, then uh, or CSA, then I honestly think the heads need like somebody needs to take accountability for this. And I, I hate saying lose your job, but sometimes you ha- that has to happen in order for things to move forward. The uh, 
the the breaker art well Andrea Neal Andrea Neal asking these questions I think took it to a different level yes. because yes. of who she is yeah and now these women again corroborating things and giving details on things is uh is a massive thing one of the things that's become more clear from these last two kind of posts and the and the the even the breaker article talks about it in detail from the the woman who is the manager of the team um, is basically that this how we're more of the team not involved in the investigation and how were parents not mm -hmm. in, involved? Yeah, we talked about that last week. Underage players, parents not told about it. And yeah, the break article in particular, I forget the woman's name. Of Voice, the Voice is her last name, I think. Was it Diana, Diana Voice? Possibly. Um, she was saying that at first the players didn't know whether to trust her because they thought that she was just like there. Working for the, for the team. coach. Yeah, working for the coach. But she backed everything up and even went a little bit further. And some of the allegations that she's making as well, she said that folk had seen text messages and... And she was told that yeah. things would be dealt with. Yeah, she. one of the players was told, oh, you won't be blackballed for this. And her understanding is the player never played again. Yeah. Um, and the thing, uh, the other thing is, is the... The, the biggest issue is like BC Soccer seems like the only people that are doing something about like I think they said they're within weeks of releasing their yeah, report. Yeah, they've been a little slow though. No, they, they, they just said, said it's coming real soon, and then no, they said a couple said of weeks. weeks. They said yeah. in the next few weeks they said that. So apologies. So even if they even if they do do that, how much they don't really have? They, they can't do anything to CSA, obviously. That's nothing that happened. I don't know how much control they have over the Whitecaps. I think they fall under the CSA too. The problem is, can they even can anybody go after the CSA because they're protected by FIFA? Yeah, I don't F know. FIFA doesn't allow government intervention in their soccer uh, bo uh, federation bodies, like the national ones, either. No, but if you do something illegal, then yeah, the, I think even illegal, they, they, no, they frown upon. No, but look what's happened with look what happened with all the corruption stuff with FIFA. Like, yeah. they can't stop. No, they can't stop that. No, but uh, yeah, I know Th this is uh, this. This situation continues to develop. Uh, hopefully, more people are coming to understand uh, and hear the stories. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I hang out with Curva Collective, uh, and so a bunch of the people in there have been discussing this since uh, Kiara's uh, blog was was posted, right? And been talking about it a lot. And uh, I think sometimes, sometimes the sometimes the Curva Collective, uh, um, sometimes people always think. Sometimes people think that only a few heavy lifters kind of kind of do all the stuff for Curver Collective. So sometimes people, sometimes people will message us and they'll say, "Hey Zach, do, you know this, this, this," and like I'm not the one, I'm not the one receiving the message. Um, and so with this, I, I I wasn't the one in uh, one, a bunch of our people felt very strongly. People have not come to matches, all this, all this kind of stuff. And so one of our one of our dudes, Scott uh, Monroe, is kind of close to this. He said, "Can I?" take this on and a bunch of people said you're, you're kind of qualified to take this on and so he's been kind of connecting with Kiara asking kind of just saying what do you what do you guys want at like what and how, how can we support you in this because we're reading these stories we're hearing these things and we we believe you and so how can what can what can happen so Scott uh, kind of connected with her and and so he wrote this kind of expression of support uh, from from the movement uh, people were invited to give their feedback to it or whatever um but uh, yeah, it, this is a like these questions that these these players are asking that Andrew Neal was asking. They need to be answered, and the Whitecaps front office doesn't <laughs> wants to wants to stick with the, the NDA they probably signed over this and not have people talk about this because it doesn't paint them paint 
what happened in a good light. Oh, uh, totally. And, uh, but it, the truth needs the the fullness of the truth needs to come out, and there needs to be change. Like that's like the the bottom line. Uh, like and, like the NDA. The, the thing that confuses about the, about the NDA, the coach had no power to a- ask for that. The the NDA comes from the organizations. Again, we're, we're assuming there's an NDA because of yeah, how they're not talking if, about if, it. If there is one, and, and that's what this this article. That's that's the big problem because if there is an NDA, that was enforced from the organizations because they're trying. Like I was talking to somebody, and they said that a lot of things that they saw back in the day because they were uh, in and around organizations like the CSA and Whitecaps. A lot of the stuff that was that went on back then now makes sense yes. of what, what happened. Things were happening. You didn't understand why, but yeah. now you have the context for them. This is this is one of the things that's kind of disturbing about this because because the Whitecaps weren't happy with when Curva put out the statement and emailed and said, why didn't you guys talk to us? Like, why are you making this your your perspective, you know, public on this? Because they're, they're, they, this thing that they put out just says, this is news to us now. We will pass it on to the Vancouver police. That should have been done at the time, and it's hard to believe that they didn't understand this, especially when you start hearing some of these stories. Yeah, like like I said, either that lawyer has to be this part, or the people in the organizations knew, because oh. they would not ask for a dis- like ask for uh, mutual consent uh, or th- whatever it was, the parting of ways. Uh, they wouldn't have asked that if it wasn't something serious. Because this guy was somewhat successful in his job of leading the teams. The 20, on the pitch. 2006 uh, yeah. and, uh, USL Women's. Yeah, USL so he, he he was successful. So they wouldn't have all of a sudden months before a World Cup or oh, before like the season. It was a month ended. before the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't have asked for him to leave if it wasn't something serious. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 this is just a disturbing situation and like hopefully uh, the full truth will come out and and what what these women want is, yeah, they want they want this not to happen to other people, which you can understand from a, a victim's oh, perspective. Yeah. You don't want someone to go through the same things you've gone through. And so hopefully they'll get the change that they, that they long for. And, and this is just my personal opinion, but I have no doubt that the, I think it was 2015 when the residency thing happened. Was it like two, three years ago? The, whatever, whatever year it was. I don't think that would have came to light unless the mother, the mother came oh, yeah. out or the, or even the, the, the kid that it happened to didn't go to his mother and tell her like, obviously the, the kids in 2008, they thought they, they were going to get blackballed if they went to their parents. That's why probably they didn't most likely they didn't go. I'm just assuming. So I think that the, because if, if that same thing had happened in the residency issue, I think that wouldn't have came out either. And we would have been founding that out like maybe 10 years down the road or something, you know, like to that extent. Yeah, one one thing is the story's not going away. No. And sure. I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll have more coming out in the week ahead and we'll be talking about that next Sunday. But that is it for tonight's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at ZacharyAM and I'm part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. Find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. Instagram at AFT and Soccer. Give us a follow on all those things and YouTube as well at AFT in Canada. And we'll be back next week. The preview show will probably be out Wednesday night, maybe Thursday morning. Watch out for that. Looking forward to the Chicago game that's coming up. But until next week, thank you for listening. Take care and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget.
the atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Eat.